probably won't get through all of this tonight, but I will do my best on Sunday. So if you're not back Sunday, you can catch it in the video. Um, but I'll try my best to get through most of this. Um, whenever the Israelites were in trouble, uh, the prophet of the Lord began to speak among the people. And he, when he spoke, um, their leader said to the people at that time, Jehoshaphat was their leader, their, their tribal leader, and he said this, verse 20, last part, Believe in the Lord your God, and so you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God, and so you shall be established. But then he goes on and says, Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Okay, and so shall you prosper. So there's two things happening there. One is, is that, you know, we all say, well, I believe in God, and I'm trusting in God, and that causes us to be established. When I say established, secured, you know, that we're able to stand, we're able to believe, we're able to be in faith. But for real prosperity to happen in our lives, for and prosperity means increase, for that to take place in our lives, we have to also recognize that there are prophets that are speaking as well. There are fivefold ministry in the church right now. There are prophet, there are uh, apostles. This is in Ephesians five, uh, four. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now you're much more familiar with those who are the pastors because that's you're familiar with me and teachers that we will have different people that will teach from the pulpit here. Um, we've had evangelists in, we've had prophets in. Dr. Mark Barkley is a prophet, um, and uh, Ed Dufresne, who's now with the Lord, used to speak here every year. And uh, Ed is definitely, was a prophet of the Lord, uh, speaking into spiritual things. We've had apostles here, Dr. Bob Lemon um, and others. So uh, I'm only, uh, we were talking about this on the way up. I'm only one-fifth of what God wants you to have in your life. I'm only one-fifth. I'm only 20%. There's another four gifts. My responsibility as your pastor is to make sure that we're bringing those other gifts into the church so they have opportunity to speak into your life as well, or raising them up in the church and so that they have opportunity to speak here uh, as well. So uh, pastor is not enough. And God has a better plan for you than just that you would have your pastor all the time. And I know you love me. Don't look at me like, well, that's okay. We're good. I, you know, I'm home cooking. I know that. And everybody loves home cooking, right? right. Amen. Everybody like home cooking. I love home cooking. But sometimes you need a little bit of something different, right, to help you see it from a different perspective. And somebody that doesn't know you real well, like I know you, most of you very well, and uh, so that they can speak into your life. So anyways, there are prophets that are speaking. Now, for us to experience the true prosperity that God wants in our life, we have to hear what the prophets are saying, all right? So what I've done is this year has spent some time, and I do this every year, digging through, looking at what prophets say. Now, prophets today are not the same as prophets in the Old Testament. Prophets in the Old Testament, what they said was going to happen, no matter what, okay? Prophets in the New Testament, when they prophesied, that's not necessarily what's going to happen, but it is what could happen, okay? And there's a big, there's a big point with that, and why that is important is, is that in the Old Testament, if you prophesied and it did not come to pass, then you could be killed for, for, because you're a false prophet. In the New Testament, we don't kill our preachers. Okay? 
So a prophet is telling you what could happen. That's why, um, and if you're writing down verses, you can look at 1 Corinthians 14. But Paul talking about what prophecy is, says prophecy, which the word prophecy means to foretell something, okay? And no matter how you cut it, it means to foretell. But prophecy is for edification, for comfort, and for exhortation. So what prophecy does for you and I is it draws us near to what God wants to do in our life, but it doesn't make it that it's actually going to happen. So if I prophesy to you that there, you know, Larry was just prophesying to you, if you tithe, you know, the scripture is prophetic because if you tithe, God will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing. But if you don't tithe, you can't surely expect that the windows of heaven are going to be. So that's what's possible, but that is not what's going to happen unless you fulfill that, or everybody would be tithing right? So when we talk about prophecy, and we're going to talk about what's going to happen, what I believe is going to happen this year. And I think you're going to be really excited. You know, 2017 was a tough year. It really was. There's a lot of chaos, a lot of division, a lot of opinions, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of division that happened in 2017. But I believe in 2018, you're going to see, a, and I think prophetically that this is spoken of, you're going to see a lot of that move out of the way and that this is going to be a great time of what Larry talked about a few minutes ago about new, about new beginnings. <clears throat> the, 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 the understanding of the dates and why dates are important is eight is an important date in 2018. And in fact, if you go back into the, 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 um, the, the Hebrew, the, um, the word, if you look up 18 is a number, it's tied to because they, they had numerology with some of their alphabet, that the, 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 the uh, 18, the number 18 is tied to the word life. It's tied to the word life. And eight is a symbol of a new beginning in Scripture. And when, when we're not on the same calendar, I say this every year, I don't know that it matters to you guys, but, you know, the Jews, the Hebrews, their calendar runs off the cycle of the moon, okay? So it's every 28 days or so the moon recycles the full moon and then their, days, their month starts over again. Their days are completely different than ours. If you go to a true Hebraic calendar, they're in like, I think it's 5,018 or something like that, 5,078. Yeah, I think that's right. And we're in 2018. So uh, we're on what's called a Gregorian calendar we go by February, March, April, May. Their calendar is totally different than ours in the way that they measure time and the way that they do things. So, you know, they go from sun down to sun down the next day is a day. And you and I, we measure our days different, right? We go midnight to midnight. They don't do that. So it's all kinds of, it's very, very different. When you read your scriptures, in especially the Old Testament, you always have to remind yourself that this is how they measured things out was in a different calendar uh, than what you and I operate under, okay? But eight is a significant number. You know, God created everything. The seventh day he rested, and then it was a new day. We're in a new day right now, okay? Uh, 2018 is a new day. So I've just wrote down uh, in some of my digging around uh, some prophecy I want to read to you. Um, this is uh, from Jerry Savelle, who is always every year I look to Jerry Savelle. He, he called, said this is a day of glory a day of flourishing, a day of abounding. Uh, he said to continue to preach, teach, and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. It's still my plan for the faithful to flourish. 
If you will do this, then they will eventually get it. It's never been more important than right now for them to flourish in every area of your life. They are indeed the days of my greater glory, says the Lord. I will cause it to manifest for all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word, and I will cause them to flourish and to abound. Even as I have promised in my word, I will honor their loyalty to me by enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one, and I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs they have experienced thus far. Rest assured that I am working in their behalf even now, and they shall triumph, and they shall be victorious, and all shall see that I am still the God of the breakthrough, and I am still the God that keeps covenant. So lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God, the God who is unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who have been loyal and faithful to him, saith the Lord. So going to get an amen. amen. Sounds good to me. What I like to do is I like to look at various prophets from different what I'll call camps. They're not all part of the Word of Faith camp. They're from different areas. And then look for a consec- kind of like a thread of what's being said. And I think that's where you find your answers at. Brother Copeland, uh, I don't know how many of you tried to watch Brother Copeland on New Year's Eve, but you know, they had, um, I guess, I was talking to uh, Mark Barkley the other night, and he said that um, they had to cancel their services on Sunday. And so they didn't even have a New Year's Eve service. Brother Copeland is doing it this coming weekend, I guess. But uh, actually, it wasn't the ice storm there. Um, The church at Eagle Mountain, their boiler blew up. And so that could really hurt your service, couldn't it? So, But Brother Copeland has come out and declared that 2018 is a year of Holy Ghost and fire. 2018 is a year of Holy Ghost and fire, the big 18 for 2018. Nine fruits of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit. That time is not just coming, says Brother Copeland, it's already here. But as his sons and daughters, we're going to have spiritual explosions going on throughout 2018 particularly in the areas of holiness and cleansing. Dutch Sheets begin to talk about who's a, who is a prophet of the Lord. Uh, but we're in five, the year is 5778. Okay. Um, he said the last night um, that God began to speak to him, and uh, he said, begin to believe for open doors this year. He said, remember the Passover, the Israelites had to put the blood of the lamb on the lentils of the doorframe. In this way, the obedient ones escaped death and so began their journey into the promised land. In the New Testament, the doorway is the doorway of salvation, the entryway into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of life. This is a year of salvation for the lost and for our nation, and I believe that. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, God says, which no one is able to shut. I, I know that you have but little power, but you have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's Revelation 3.8. So he just begins to talk about things that you need to declare over your family. Chuck Pierce, another prophet of the Lord. I've interviewed Chuck on television before. He prophesied that this is a year of first, a year of first fruits, a year of first things that you're going to accomplish in your life. Bishop Bill Hammond is another one, prophesied that 2018 is going to be the most prosperous year you've ever had. Okay? It's going to be the most prosperous year you've ever had. Uh, and sometimes, you know, some of these, some of these, Brother Copeland and Brother Savelle, I don't some of these others, though, sometimes they'll say things that are strange. But if you've ever met a real prophet, they're strange anyways. So I don't, like, take that as a, like, a thing that they said something real weird. Um, Ed Dufresne was one of the strangest people that I ever knew. I mean, he really was. 
He'd do weird stuff. He, you know, his flowing in the spirit. Any of you that were ever here during our meetings, I mean, we have pictures of him like falling backwards and God knocked, I mean, just strange, okay? But you knew it was God. You knew, I mean, there was something about it that you knew God was doing something. You weren't real sure. That's what sometimes with prophets, you're not real sure what God's doing, but you know he's doing something, okay? So, (laughs) Dr. Barkley, my pastor, who is a prophet, we just did, uh, we ended up doing, we're only going to do two, we ended up doing four. I forgot that we did four, four half-hour shows that are going to begin to broadcast on the, I think it's not this weekend, but the following weekend, all through January and then all uh, into February, uh, four programs talking about the end times and where we're at prophetically. And, uh, you know, what an honor for me to be able to be a part of that. And, uh, but um, his verse for the year is First Chronicles 29.5. And uh, this is what it says, who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? And one of the things that he saw, which I thought was really powerful, is he sees two clouds that are over the world right now. One is a cloud of darkness and one is a cloud of glory. And what he said is, is that, look, don't run to the cloud of darkness, run to the cloud of glory. So part of what's going to happen, and I believe this with all my heart, in fact, we talked about this in his show, that... um, I believe that things that have become mundane are going to become sacred once again in our lives. You know, truthfully, and, and this is in, look, you're here, and I'm not grinding an axe here tonight, okay? But even church has not really stayed sacred anymore. Church has become more of a gathering to see people, hear a message. Our Bibles are not as sacred as they once were. Our prayer time, communion, I mean, you know, serving the Lord, service to God, gathering together with the saints. There really should be an element of God's presence in all of that instead of just people presence. And and we have stuff that happens. I'm not saying we don't have things like that happening, but I'm talking about in a larger sense of that taking place with God's people, that there is a more... A sacred that when I hold my Bible, I'm holding the sacred Word of God, right? right? You know, I I don't know how many of you remember the uh, the movie Indiana Jones and the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first one. Remember that? And they really there was they they really didn't get the whole Ark of the Covenant deal, and that which I thought was really good. They they just thought if they put the right stuff on, right. And they did the ceremony the right way that God would manifest from the box. And what ended up, what should have brought life, ended up bringing death for them. Now, it's gross, obviously. It's a gross movie at the end when, all the, when, they, when they all die. But they thought by just doing the mechanics of what needed done it, that it would bring about, look, it's a sacred thing. God, you know, and, the, and you say, well, yeah, but that was just a movie. Well, it's taking off of the idea in the Old Testament that this was the Holy of Holies, and it was a sacred place. And, you know, they tied bells around the high priest who could only go in once a year, okay, and take the blood in once a year to put on the altar for the, people, for the children of Israel. And they put bells on him and tied a rope to him because if he screwed up while he was in there or he went in with the wrong attitude the very presence that should bring life and health also 
could bring death. You say, well, why would God do that? Well, why does electricity do that? Why does it? I mean, the very power that's giving us light and warmth in this place could kill us if we screwed around. Pardon my language, but, you know, we messed around with it. We're like, yeah, what's the big deal? Grab onto it like Chuck did in the hallway the other day and get knocked to the ground, you know? I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't hold God accountable for that. God is who he is. You're asking him to be something he's not. He's power. You grab onto him with disrespect and dishonor and, and, and you know better. I'm not talking about people that don't know better because, look, that's a different story. I'm talking about people that know better, right? You know, God deals with sinners different than he deals with the righteous. People that, the, the, those who are self-righteous. I mean, he's got a different word for them. And so, uh, like I said, I just believe there are things that with the sacredness that are coming back um, to esteem and to, to really respect and the value of coming together as God's people, coming together in the house of the Lord. I mean, the building is not sacred, but what we do in it is sacred. Now, the danger is, is that, which happened in the church, and a lot of you guys grew up in churches like I did, that we began to make the building being about being sacred instead of the people that, and what we're doing in the building was sacred. And so what ended up happening was we did more to protect the building than we did actually to protect our faith. So what is it that God is going to do this year? Well, here's what I, I'll give you the word that I believe that, uh, that God has for our church specifically, and I think it themes right through this. I want you to go to the book of Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Amos chapter 9. I know I'm using some different verses maybe that you haven't looked at. You might need a few minutes to find Amos. You do have a concordance, I'm sure, in your Bible. And, uh, but find Amos chapter 9. You're going to want this verse. Amos 9. And this is verse 13, and it says this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. Okay? The days, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman, the guy plowing, is going to overtake the reaper. Meaning that things are going to happen so fast that the plowman, the guy that's planting and plowing up, he's going to actually overtake the guy that's pulling it out. It's going to be coming up that quick, okay? Happening that quick. Shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that sows seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Excuse me. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about this, and you can make a reference to this in your notes if you want to, in John chapter 4. In verses 35 and 36, where he talks about the planter and the reaper celebrating together. Okay? So what I believe is going to happen this year is I think you're going to see an incredible year of acceleration. Things that are going to accelerate really quick. You're going to see, you're going to see people in ministry a lot quicker than we thought they would be. You're going to see financial debt removed a lot quicker than you thought it was going to be. Now, I'm talking about as you're faithful. I'm not talking about just go out and, you know, live, live squirrely and then expect all this. I'm talking about, you know, from everything that we see, I believe that there's going to be acceleration. An incredible, that 2018 is going to be an incredible 
Europe, and I've already seen and experienced a little bit of this. Um, Sharon and I, I think God was prepping us for this uh, this year, you know, with just with what happened with our farm. I mean, we, we, I mean, at this time last year, we weren't even thinking about moving at all. I mean, we talk about dreams, but you know, when you talk about dreams, God hears your dreams, okay? And you don't know that God isn't putting those dreams in your heart anyway. So, you know, we're just, we would always talk about farm, 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 you know, just that's a great idea, farm. And, and I mean, and, and we would love someday to have a farm and, but we had a nice place and we loved our house and, you know, it met all our needs. And there was just the two of us. And we had like three bedrooms or four bedrooms in that house. And, and so we, we were content with where we were at. We had no, no complaints. There were things we were going to do to the house. You know, all, you always got stuff to do though, right? So then in all the way up to June, we're not even thinking of any of this. And then all of a sudden something happened. And it accelerated. And in three months, we're out of our house. We've sold our, we sold our house in three days, and we've moved out, and we're living on a farm that's got like seven bedrooms in it. And I'm try, still not sure what that's all about. But, 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 but it's not for my kids to come home, okay, to stay with us, you know. But, you know, I just, what, but it accelerated so fast that if you would, now, if you would have thought about it last year at this time, and you would have said, this is where you're going to be January, what is today, the 4th? January 4th, by this time next year, you know, you're going to be in a new place. Or if you'd have told me in June, you're going to be in a new home on a farm, and it's going to be everything that you've ever dreamed of, and it's all going to happen in three months. My first thing would have been, we got a house that we got to sell, and we, got, we don't have the money for the down payment and, right, all that stuff. And God's like, look, I heard what you said, and I accelerated that. And it happened so fast that I still have light switches in the house that I don't know what they do yet. So I like walk around and flick switches trying to figure out what this actually goes to. Now, here's where you are right now. But how do you know where you're going to be six months from now? Right. And that God isn't going to do some incredible, because I'm going to tell you, everything that we needed to have happen, everything, I'm not lying, I mean, we haven't really talked a lot about this, but, but everything that we needed to have happen, the money we needed, the price to come down, the house to sell, the, the move, everything happened within 30 Days. I mean, it just all happened in 30 days. I still am just like. That's acceleration. I had a couple of, uh, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, a young lady, they don't go to church. They don't go to this church. Uh, they don't go to any church, actually. And, but they know about our ministry. And they called up and they said, hey, um, would, you, would you be willing to meet with us? And I said, is it an emergency? Because this is over the holidays, you know, Christmas and stuff. And I says, this was actually right, like right before Christmas. And um, I said, you know, if, is it an emergency? They said, well, it's not an emergency, but we, we really would like to meet with you to have you pray for us. So anyways... So I said, well, listen, let's meet Saturday. Um, 
before, you know, the 23rd. So they come in and they sit down and these are, these, these are not real church folks, okay? So, you know, that means like bad language is going to come up in the conversation, which doesn't bother me at all. But, you know, it's, it's just not like they can, but they want God, they need, they need help. They're at, they need help. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking, what happened? So then they tell me that she has been diagnosed with cancer. And it's colon cancer. And that they found it, that she went in for a colonoscopy. They found colon cancer. And so she's totally, um, totally freaking out because she's like, you know, I'm going to, because I had to ask, she says, well, what are you afraid of? And she's like, well, I, that I've got cancer that, that's so bad that it's metastasized to my uterus. So I'll have to take my uterus, that I'll have to get a colonoscopy bag. Is colon, what is, is that? Thank you. So I'll have to get the bag. I'm going to have to have chemotherapy. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm not lying to you, and she's crying, and he's there, and he's, and I mean, this is a tough man. I mean, this, we're not talking about, you know, we're talking about backwoods Phil here. I mean, this guy, he's rough, and if he's had an experience with God, I'd be surprised, but he's about to. And so we're talking, and and she's telling me about all this, and she's, and she's totally freaking out. And I looked at both of them, and I said, and you know, it's, it's one of those really things, you're just like, man, what am I doing? I said, I got a word for both of you. And I said, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but the Lord told me you're going to live, and you're not going to die, and you're going to declare the works of your God. And then I got in the scripture, I think it's Psalm 118, isn't that where that's at? And so I, I, says, I, I said, now listen, here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to begin to say what I'm telling you right now. And they both looked at me kind of funny, and I said, no, I'm telling you right now. I'm looking at both of you, and by the Holy Spirit that's in my life, I know you're not going to die. And I know that um, you're going to come out of this, and you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I just knew it. Now, I, you know, look, I, I, I would love it if that was the case all the time in my life, that I was that right on. So don't come up tonight and tell me your problem, okay? And like, <laughs> well, tell me, how's it all going to work out, Pastor? Because <laughs> right now I'm thinking about dinner after church, okay? So don't. Uh, but so, so I tell, now these are people that don't have God in their life, that, that believe in God. They, you know, they believe, but they have no active church relation. They're not tithers. They're not, I mean, they're, they, not yet. So, long story short, he goes in, has the surgery. They go in, the cancer is completely self-contained. It is metastasized to nothing. Laparoscopically, they take the cancer out. She has to have no chemo. She doesn't have to have a bag. She doesn't have to lose her uterus. She comes out. I get a call from from him crying. I mean, like I said, this is, you know, this is Joe Dirt I'm talking to on the phone. I mean, this guy is rough. And he is like, he's, he's like, we just can't, we don't know how to say thank you. And I'm like, listen, man, you got a miracle. God did a miracle in your guys' life. He says, you're right, he did. And then she called up and, you know, that happened so fast. I mean, that whole situation changed like that. 
I believe that there are things in your life that you think are going to be really bad and long and prolonged, and just like that, it's going to be done. I believe 2018 is a year of acceleration and that things are going to accelerate, accelerate really quick for people coming to Christ in your family. In fact, I'll just throw these out to you. I've got, I've got seven of them up here I want to give to you um, if you want to write these down. Uh, remember, this is what's available now to you and I. Um, I believe that God is going to accelerate. There's be divine acceleration um, in our steps, meaning that we will have accurate steps, that we'll be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Steps of purpose, steps of revelation, okay? You can write down Psalm 37, 23 for that one. Um, Number two, I believe that, and we'll come back and look at a couple of these. Number two, I believe this is a year of divine acceleration for restoration. Stop grieving over what you've lost. Stop. And get ready for what's about to come. There is restoration. The Bible talks about it in Acts 3.21, if you want to write that down, about the, the, the times of restoration coming from the presence of the Lord. I believe God is going to restore time, supply, spiritual growth, and spiritual development in your life. I get supernatural restoration. Um, as I said, this is divine acceleration. I believe also that there will be incredible acceleration spiritually, financially, and in supply in your life. Okay? And in supply. Spiritually, financially, and in supply. I think this thing like what happened with Kriegers. I mean, this. Uh, some of you know this testimony of what happened with them, that they're vehicle, the tire broke loose on their truck, was it the truck, and actually broke off, um, busted off the lug nuts. How fast were you going? 80 miles an hour. Seventy-five. But see, he didn't listen to my sermon on Sunday. But I bet he does from now on. And, uh, but, okay, so any... My point with this is, is that, okay, so they have this situation. Now, in any, all things being equal, that could have just killed both of them. We could be doing Jim and Connie's funeral this week. You're going 80 miles an hour and you lose a tire and the damage and that it didn't hit anybody else, didn't hit anybody else's vehicle, didn't hurt anybody else. They get to a stop. They find the tire, are able to take the tire back. It cost you, didn't cost you a thing, did it? That, yeah, so they paid 35 bucks to have the whole thing fixed. Now, everybody recognizes that's been involved in this. This was a miracle all the way around. Look how fast all that happened, though. Right. That quick. See, think about in your life stuff right now that you need to have accelerated. Not because you're impatient or because you're just like, God, I need you to get this done and get it done now. I'm talking about stuff you're believing for. And then all of a sudden, shoom, just like that, acceleration happens. So I believe that God is going to accelerate you spiritually, financially, and in supply. You can use Romans 8, 11 for that one. I believe there's going to be an acceleration of ranks of angels. Angels are going to be very, very involved in the believer. They're always involved, but there's going to be more of an awareness of involvement in the believer's life this coming year in this time of acceleration. And, and here's, how they, here's how the angels will dispatch. They assist with divine acceleration and with progression of God's plan. 
So they will be involved in our lives. Angels will be involved, whether we see them or not. It doesn't matter whether we see them or not. We know the scriptures tell us they're there. In fact, you can use Hebrews 1.14 as your verse for that. And it says that um, the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister sent forth to minister to those who, no, not to, for those who are heirs of salvation. What God is doing in your life and what he's going to do this year for you is is that these angels are ministering for you. They're working with what you're believing for. Okay? What are you believing for this year? What are you believing for this year? If you look at it, it doesn't say they're ministering to you. They're ministering for you. Angels are not above us. Angels actually are below us because we're seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. So angels are, you know, we, we don't worship angels. We're not looking for angels. We're not, but we recognize that angels are sent to minister for us to take the word of the Lord from our life and to bring it to pass. And angels do that. There are angels that are released this year to bring information to you that you need to know. The fast is important, I believe, the 21 days of fasting and prayer. It was during that time that Daniel actually had an angel show up at the end of the fast and reveal to him the word of the Lord. In fact, the angel told Daniel, he said, when you prayed the first day, the Father heard it in heaven, but there was a warfare to get it to you. There are demonic things that didn't want this to happen. And and I'll just add this on top of this. I can't really get into all of this but tonight. But there are demonic things that are set up to try to move you and I away from God. And some of it looks like angel of light stuff. And Paul said, look, even, even Satan himself appears as an angel of light. You know, you and I, when we think about demonic stuff, you know, we think about, you know, the exorcist or, you know, the, the possession of, what was her name? Uh, yeah. Blair? Well, not Linda Blair. Yeah, thank you. We think about these wicked, gross, vomiting, gnarly, but, but let me tell you, see, that's exactly what the devil wants you to think because he appears as an angel of light and it appears that it's a good thing but it's not a good thing because it doesn't line up biblically and it doesn't line up scripturally. So not everybody that's offering to take us on a spiritual journey uh, is actually God in all of this. And so you're going to have to watch that this year. That's why, that's why I believe the house of the Lord, it becomes much more important in our fellowship with one another because it's much more difficult for you to become deceived when you are among believers. It really is. And especially in this church, and, and I'll move on, And I say this in this church because you know that I will fight for you to stay out of deception. Even if I have to tell you who's teaching bad, false doctrine, I I will protect my congregation, period. No matter what the big name is on TV, I I just, I'm that strong about it. So going back, angels are going to minister for you. What are you releasing this year over your life? What are you releasing? What are you speaking? And well, Pastor, gosh, our debt's so big. I just, I feel weird. Well, come on, man. Is God big enough to help you get rid of all your debt? Well, is he? 
well, I've had this sickness for a long time. I mean, just kind of, you know, I've been on medication. Is God big enough to turn all of that over in one moment that you're now off blood pressure, you're off diabetes, you're off heart medic, you're off it all? Well, I tell you what, your enemy, all he wants you to think is, no, no, this is too big. Or the other side of it is, God wants you to have it or he would have already fixed that for you. What are you releasing this year? What are you releasing over your life? What are you saying? What is that you're releasing these angels to do over your life? Okay? And these line up with the word, obviously, but what are you releasing? I believe that this is a year of divine acceleration as being a landmark year, according to what I've seen uh, from these other prophets, of notable and wonderful things happening on a level and scale never experienced before. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I've experienced a lot. Experienced a lot. Holy Spirit stuff I'm talking about. Church meetings. Revivals. Word of faith. I lived through the charismatic, you know, pastored through the charismatic movement, the word of faith movement. Um, you know, so I mean, I'm, uh, but look, you and I haven't seen anything of, the, of what God is going to do yet. Catherine Kuhlman, she would have meetings. People would get healed that were just come, didn't even know why they were at the meetings, weren't even born again. Amy Simple McPherson to be preaching from the pulpit in the big angelly temple, and there would be a drunk sailor going by out front, and while he was walking down the sidewalk, instantly sobered up, fell on his knees, and called out to God for salvation. Acceleration. And it will happen so fast that the planter and the reaper are passing. It's going to go that quick. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited about it, right? I'm excited about it. I think, it's, I think all of this, it's going to be a landmark year. You can use Proverbs chapter 21 and verse uh, 5 for that. I believe there will be a release, a supernatural release of revelations that are going to happen through divine utterances that will bring about acceleration. Prophetic words, things that are being spoken, that over our lives that are reactivated, that we have long since set aside, things that God's going to remind us of. I believe those revelations that come forth, they're going to, people are going to grab onto those and they're going to accelerate, okay, in an incredible way. And then the last one is number seven, um, and that is, is that there will be increase, supernatural increase. Psalm 115 talks about that. The favor of God upon the people and upon the vision of the church. Some of you this year are going to get promoted way quicker than you ever thought you would. You just are. You're going to get promoted way quicker than you thought. All of a sudden, you're going to go from one pay level to a whole, whole different deal. But make sure you're giving glory to God in the midst of all of that. Because, it, look, it's about you being faithful, but it's also about God's working in your behalf. You're going to see family members, bang, all of a sudden, they just, you know, it's kind of like the deal that we had, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this. It's the deal we had when we were down on the street. I was trying to lead this guy to the Lord. And I mean, Josh, we were talking to, he's drunk. His buddy's drunk. They're staggering around. And, and you know, he's like, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that's just ridiculous, that old church thing. And, and so I'm telling him, but, you know, Jesus said this, and we're sharing some scriptures with him. And he's like, yeah, that's just stupid. And he's making a scene. And so, 
you always do this in twos. So we had somebody with us. I had another guy with me named Ron. And so Ron's talking. I said, Ron, you talk for a little bit. So Ron's talking to the two guys, and he's just basically telling his testimony. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me right there on the spot and said, this guy is bound up with the spirit of darkness. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, so what do I do? Like, how do I get him free? I mean, what do we do? Do we just, like, tackle him on the ground and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you, foul, ugly devil, come out of him. And, you know, and he said, no. He says, see, that's, that's how church people think. He says, that's not how I think. I can work through a silent prayer. I can work through a silent prayer. I can work through a soft prayer. He says, it, the, 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 tent, the attenuation, is it a tent? What is it? A tent? It'll be louder. Is not what impresses God, nor does it impress the devil. Okay? So this guy, like, he's arguing, he's arguing, he's arguing. And, I mean, he's just carrying on. He's giving Ron a bad time. And, I, and so I, I kid you not, I, I just put my hand on his shoulder, and very softly, I take authority over you, foul spirit. Leave this. And like that, he looked over at me and said, I want to get saved. Sobered up, and at that moment, declared he wanted to get saved. Now, I would love to tell you that it was my great intellect and my, <laughs> you know, my learnedness that brought him to Christ, but it was something that one of our kids could have done just take authority over this evil thing that's blind in their eyes. As you're fasting and praying during the 21 days and the weeks ahead, there are some things that you need to know that are going on in your family, with some of your and, and things that are going on with your kids, and some of the things that are going on that you need to be able to take authority over. You really need to hear the Holy Spirit to tell you. Because, see, when you know, I mean, we know we generally have authority. But we want to be strategic, right? I mean, we could go all the way around. We could pass out a whole sheet of different kinds of devils, right? And you could pray all those and say, I, take, I command that devil over Josh of this and of this and of the Amish beard and of the, you know, and on and on, okay? So we, we, we could, or we can have the Holy Spirit say, this is what you need to deal with. This is what you need to deal with. And I believe that that's going to happen. I really do. I think you're going to see stuff in your marriage and stuff in your home, things that you're talking to God about that all, and, and where you work at, that things that just have just not been, it's going to accelerate really quick. So get ready for the ride. You know, when, we, when, when we're in a car and somebody decides to put the pedal to the metal, hang on, baby, because you're not in charge. Right? Just hang on. We're going to go here. So God's in charge of this. This is a God-ordained movement of the Holy Spirit, and I believe he's going to do that for you. Why don't you stand up?